Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Just to set the scene, several years ago, I was in one of my favorite restaurants in the entire world, Zingerman's Roadhouse. It's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the owner, Ari, is a good friend of mine. And I had not, I didn't know him at the time. He wasn't a friend yet. My family goes into the restaurant. We sit down and you could hear laughter. You could hear people talking. You could smell barbecue because the uh, smell of of this fabulous cooking was already going through the restaurant. And then we see this man and he enters and he's moving table to table and he's quietly filling water glasses. And then he says something to my daughter. He said, you like the mac and cheese? And she was talking to him about the mac and cheese. Now at the time she was much younger than she is now. And the water boy says, well, the macaroni is handmade for us by the Martelli family in Tuscany. And then he says the two-year-old Vermont cheddar cheese is caramelized, and we thought the combination was perfect. And this was a very odd water boy, to say the least. And we're, we're watching him, and he was serving us and telling us about the roadhouse bread and the Irish brown soda bread. It went on and on and on. And we wondered, who is this man? And that's when we found out this was Ari, this peculiar water boy Filling up water glasses in this restaurant was the owner of the Zingerman's Empire. And it struck me right then as a perfect example of leadership. And it's a kind of leadership that I talk about all over the world. It's called servant leadership. It's somebody who was there to serve, somebody that was listening to the customers, really just taking joy in everything that was going on in terms of making this experience an incredible, memorable time. This was, to me, a perfect example of servant leadership in business. Instead of an owner just sitting back and watching, or the formulaic check-in halfway through the meal, I'm the manager, how can I help you? Is your evening going well? (laughs) Instead of that, he was serving, he was listening, he was engaged. So, What is a servant leader? A lot of people think, oh, we have a servant leader. They get all excited because they think servant leader is going to do everything for me, do my work. I can just assign things to the servant leader. And they think, woohoo, we have a servant leader on our team. This is fabulous. You can do this. And also, could you wash my car? But that is not really what a servant leader is. I wrote the nine qualities of a servant leader and an ebook about servant leadership. And today I'm going to start talking about the qualities of a servant leader. So we're going to take these on. We're going to talk about the nine qualities of a servant leader. I think it's a very important thing to talk about. One of my very favorite quotes that I think about when I think about servant leadership, which wasn't intended to talk about servant leadership, but I think it does, is by Zig Ziglar. He said over and over, I love this. He said, you can have anything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. You can have anything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. To me, that embodies servant leadership, helping other people, helping other people get 
what they want. And each one of those things is important for a servant leader because it's focused on the other person. So uh, today we're going to talk about servant leadership. We're going to talk about the first quality of servant leadership, which is that a servant leader values diverse opinions. And to talk about that today, we have an expert panel. The first guest probably needs no introduction, Drew Bordis, who is actually wearing a Georgia Tech shirt. I wanted to be on theme today, you, on, on brand. You are on brand. And uh, I think because we're talking about, well, you know, we're talking about Ann Arbor with Singermans and has nothing to do with Georgia Tech. Well, it has everything to do with it because Michigan would definitely be in play here. And, you know, the colors that you're wearing are, are close enough, and I don't have my glasses on, so that GT could be an M. You have to remember where we're broadcasting from, though. Every, and that's great, every day. Great state of Ohio. <laughs> every day, Tammy. second introduction who probably also needs no introduction, which is Tammy Spade, who is um, representing the Columbus-based uh, team, I think, today uh, from the Ohio State. University. Yes. Um, I think that's who you're representing. That's exactly right. But you don't have the Proudly. color theme, so. I don't have the color theme. Maybe next time you can get to that. But Got a lot of it. Tammy's uh, been with us before, an executive in various areas, including, well, it's on and on, so I won't go through them, but HR, marketing, a variety of things. You've, you've been there and done that. Drew's an operational uh, expert. And we also today have Jennifer Collins. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Skip. I'm happy to be here. Jennifer is uh, an expert. She creates workplaces where employees and leaders can thrive. What? Yes. Hey. Workplaces <laughs> wow. where leaders can thrive and through wellness, health, and reward programs. She's a former consultant who has worked with leaders at all levels, and uh, we are delighted that she has decided to aim higher and join us on this podcast. So, Welcome, Jennifer, Drew, Tammy. We're talking about servant leadership. We're talking about valuing diverse opinions. And I think this is important. You know, I, I remember this opportunity I had years ago. I was in this college class, and the college professor was very, very opinionated. And he only wanted the class to give back his own thoughts. Have you ever had those type of people? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Students who echoed his opinion in essays saw their grades soar. If you chose a different view, your grade would suffer. And the following semester, an opinionated friend of mine was complaining about his first essay grade. And I shared with him my view on this. And I said, your choice, you can be opinionated and in your opinion, correct and fail or just say what he wants and get an A. And he received an A plus. So I think he decided to, I didn't tell him what to do, by the way. I just said, this is how it works. And he decided that he wanted an A. So that's what he did. That would be an example of a professor who was not a servant leader because a servant leader values diverse opinions. It is very, very important. So how do you create and a culture that values diverse opinions? How do you encourage people to value opinions? How do you listen to the other side? I mean, I think I'll start there. We live in a world that's so polarized. And every time you turn on the news, though, there really is no news. By the way, I, I met with a whole intern group yesterday. And I started off, by the way, I asked them, I said, well, you know, Dan Rather, for instance, right? And None of them knew. <laughs> None of them knew who Ouch. that was. They had Ouch. never heard of Dan Rather. And mm -hmm. I was, I said, oh. 
And then I said, well, back in the olden days, we actually tuned in and there were three channels and you could watch what we called the news. And an anchor would tell you the news and no opinions. It was just the news, or at least purportedly. Today, we don't have that. So they were just staring at me because I, I don't think they know what that means. But back then, we, we had actual news. So anyway, news, uh, valuing diverse opinions today, it's such a loud, just noisy world with, you don't know, they shut you down if you don't uh, echo their language. How do you work in a world like that to encourage people to listen to the other side and reflect the other side? And how important is that to home, work, life, happiness? Who wants to talk about that? Well, I think, you know, you know it helps to have a, a, a strong, unified goal that the team is working toward. Um, which we so desperately need in the government and all that, but let's set that aside. Please. At, at work, right, it, if you have a group with diverse backgrounds, diverse points of view and all that, that's great. If you're all working toward the same outcome, then you can channel those differences in a very healthy way versus, no, we're trying to go in six different directions and now all those differences really work against you. I mean, that that's having a clear goal, I think that everybody buys into really feeds into that. Mm -hmm. I think it also helps to understand that, I mean, you yourself, you're a collection of, of the personalities and the behaviors and growing up, things you learned from your parents, things you learned from coworkers, colleagues, clients, you're a collection of all of those diverse um, traits and personalities and behaviors. And if you can recall that you were there at one point in time, and these are now the folks that you're working with and that it would be helpful to them to teach them and to understand and, and value their diverse opinions as well. Yeah, and I think it's actually the responsibility of good leaders to tease out diverse perspectives. You know, leaders are in the position of setting goals. They're coaching a team. They're in the position of solving problems or making decisions. And it's not responsible to do that without understanding all angles of a particular issue or a potential solution or product launch or whatever it is. So whether you call yourself a servant leader or not, you really do have a responsibility to do that. And sometimes it's, you know, it, it's a, as simple as asking people who maybe aren't speaking up um, what their view of that issue is. It's getting it in, you know, a... a written way or in some other mode because not everyone is as opinionated or as polarizing potentially as those we might see on talk show thank TV. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yes. reality, thank goodness, yes. is not that polarized. And I think yeah. it's going after the alternative view. Mm -hmm. we, we all want some truth and we all want an honest perspective and you tend to know as a leader or even as an individual when someone's telling you something you want to hear. So you really do have to purposefully go after it and say, okay, this is the station I want to listen to, but I'm going to go over here and listen to this other one because there's a different view. And it's going to encourage that. You know, I think about people who carry a leader title, but in my opinion, are not leaders at all, who require people to parrot back what they say. Mm -hmm. And I say, people are not parrots, right? So if you're the leader and you're requiring them, right, if you're that professor and you're requiring you to regurgitate your point of view, that is not a servant-led organization because people don't want to be treated that way. You need to be uh, valued. And if you're valued, your voice is going to be heard. And being heard, of course, doesn't mean you get your way, but it means that you're valued. And so how do people 
if they're in that mind, and everybody has opinions. Some leaders may have a very strong opinion on something and think this is right and still has to stop, pause, reflect, and say, wait a minute. Am I doing just what you said, Tammy? Am I drawing them out a little bit more? Am I recognizing, Jennifer, that I am in this collection of everything in my experiences? And then am I open to the opinion, Drew, that Georgia Tech isn't the greatest football team in the world? These are all important questions. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> you have to be open to those types of possibilities to be a good leader. And then shut them down. Far and off then, as they and are. And then shut them down. Far off as they are. As deluded and wrong, <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to have a high-performing team and you want to have a team full of leaders, you, you want people who are going to speak their opinion. You want to be able to listen to them. You want to be able to have a dialogue and then set your direction and go. If you want a team full of parrots and yes people – your team isn't going to perform as well. It's just, it's just not. It might make the leader happy and feel good that all their ideas, you know, are, are met with agreement, but you're not, you're just not going to perform as well. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes too. Yep. And you know, one avoidable one, mistakes, avoidable mm -hmm. mistakes. One super easy strategy that I've seen people use is what are the, what are the, what's the other side of this? What are the pros and cons of this particular idea, decision, whatever it is? Um, Let's argue the other side. Mm -hmm. Skip, you do this sometimes. I'm going to argue the other side of this issue. And what it does is draw out other perspectives. Except he doesn't say it that clearly. <laughs> he just starts doing it. It's you more gonna, fun that way. Different are you going to take that from him? Yeah. It's more fun. See, see, I, I thought mind. we wanted diverse opinions. I don't mind. <laughs> you know, diversity is so important. You know, we talk about diversity and having diverse teams. And people think about hiring for diversity and all of those things which are important. But the, the reason... It's important. I always say hiring for diversity is not simply because it's the right thing to do. Of course, it's the right thing to do to have diversity. But because diversity is power, because they're going to alert you to spots that you may have a blind spot and didn't realize. And somebody else with that unique set of experiences with you know, wherever they're coming from is just going to shed a light on something that you say, wow, had I gone this way, I would not have realized this happens. So true leaders... Servant leaders are constantly looking for diversity and constantly pulling out those diverse opinions because it may be that small minority opinion over here, you know, that you had to pull out and then all of a sudden the whole room goes. And I've been there where we're all then swayed into that opinion and say, we would not have gone that way, right? We were going this way and here's where that would have ended up. And yet because you were willing to share that, you were brave enough to share your opinion, we can go that way. So diversity is, uh, is important, but the servant leader recognizes the value that all these different people bring to the organization. Have you seen that play out, diversity of people and thoughts, and, and how has that given a richer conclusion or discussion? I definitely have, because our opinions are based on our interpretation of something we experienced or we read or we heard or we saw. And when you get with a group of, of people, I think it's better to even start off maybe asking questions instead of just stating your opinion. Ask the questions, you know, here's what we're working on. Where do you think this would go? How do you think this would be successful? Where can we add the most value? And maybe start with asking questions and get the diversity there because you might hear something or read something or see something that you hadn't seen before, and your opinion could change as a result of it. 
I think I also see it, you know, we, we talk a lot um, on these topics in terms of like it's a group dialogue or a leadership team meeting or, or, you know, trying to make a decision together. But I've also found this is important when it comes to just communication in general, like leadership communication, team meetings, division meetings. Um, if you don't have that feedback loop of all the different people and how they are perceiving your message and, hey, Drew, when you say this, I took you literally. Really, I thought you were kidding. And, and I'm thinking, wow, I, I never would have thought that those words would lead you to do this, right? Because I don't see it that way. Get that feedback loop and you learn from it. You become a better speaker. You become a better communicator to the whole organization. Definitely. I think that's very powerful. It is something that sheds light into to dark areas. You just didn't even know it was oh, there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, that didn't, I didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. And you learn from it. And especially you think about people around the world, right? So if you're running a global business and then you say, oh, well, this view in Europe is this and this is what that means. And or that joke lands this way here, uh, that diversity and and listening to it creates uh, that feedback loop creates uh, you makes you better, really. I think you have to be pretty intentional about it. It's not hard to get the majority opinion, but you do have to be intentional going after the minority opinion. And the minority opinion may be from the literal minority in in the room. It may also just be someone who's opinion is going to be different. Their lens is going to be different. Um, I, I've worked in a team where um, it was a lot of very high achieving individuals who were pretty comfortable talking over each other and, you know, just kind of exchanging information. Then there were three or four people in the group who were much quieter in their style and their roles were a little bit different. And you, you could see it playing itself out where they, they often just felt like, oh, well, I see that the wind is going that way, and I just don't want to weigh in. It's the responsibility of the leader to go looking for that and, and point it out and say, it seems like you might have a different view. What's your, what's your opinion on this? So very important. And we think about that in terms of people. I also think of it in another way. I read a variety of books. I share books all the time on my blog at skippritcher.com, but I don't always believe everything I read in the book. So people are always like, oh, you 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 believed everything from this or you you endorse that or whatever. No, I'm sharing and just ideas. I'm sharing a variety of insights. And it helps me in my thinking. So diversity and valuing diverse opinions also is starting with what you take in. And am I going to read something from a different political perspective, a different economic perspective, a different philosophy and business than my own? And I find often, and that's why I love biographies, because I'm allowed then to look through the lens of that biography or autobiography, and it expands my view in a way that I wouldn't see it. So reading this diverse materials Similarly, traveling to different countries and taking in this powerful diversity of experiences and cultures completely alters my view. And I think servant leaders are looking for ways to be empathetic. I mean, that's the underlying theme to me of a servant leader is how can I be more empathetic? And valuing diverse opinions starts with being empathetic to the voices in the room, to putting other voices in and, and then weighing it. Now, I don't have to agree with everyone, but it allows me to weigh it. Jennifer, I think about you uh, and this uh, area of, of, of diversity and of opinions because you're weighing data 
you're one of the most data-driven leaders I know. And data, we think, you know, it's just the data, right? We can make a decision based on the data, but you often will see it differently and you'll look at things differently and see things from a different perspective and weigh it on, on different ways. When somebody's trying to sell you and say, this is the data and here's how it is, you'll, you come in with a more critical eye to say, well, wait a minute, you know, but, but, it, but all of this is data, right? Coming in, whether it's travel, culture, books or whatever. How do you react when I talk about that and data, books and travel in terms of changing your view and how that impacts you as a leader? You know, it's funny you say that because when I think about preparing for meetings while I'll be with you, and I think of you as a storyteller. And so I think, okay, how can I get into Skip's mind? He likes to hear the story. How can I take this data that we have, knowing that it's usually black and white, zeros and ones, and create a story, develop a story, somehow support where I think we need to go, where our initiatives are, and use the data to support the story that I think you would find most valuable. Which is an incredible lesson in leadership and persuasion, is valuing the diverse opinion and being so good at empathetic at valuing that opinion that you try to understand that person's filter and then present in a way through that filter that will be most impactful to them. To me, that's a perfect example of what this means, servant leadership, is I'm going to value you so much that I'm going to seek to understand you and present in a way that it will impact you. How have you seen other people do just that, what you do? Have you seen that in your experience this week? You know, I, I was, Jennifer's great at this because of her consulting background, I think. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Jennifer, but part of what that creates in us is an understanding and a discernment of where the other person's view might be. You were talking about experience, Skip earlier. And I think experience, you know, there's being intentional, there's seeking out those other opinions, but experience rounds out our understanding of diversity. So I don't know if you did this, but before we had children, we knew exactly how we were going to parent oh, our children. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then you're in the real life role of a parent and you're doing all the things. And then you hear the relatives mm -hmm. who have no kids who tell you. And then you, you hear the relatives. And I'm horrified when I think back of the things that I might have said to friends or family members about parenting when I had no children. So, you know, experience creates a lot of appreciation for conditions and different personalities and you know, different temperaments that you're not really going to understand until you have more life experience. Yeah. And then you're able to put yourself back in their shoes, right? To say, okay, I, I remember, I remember how sure I was of how the world was going to work yes. for me yes. before this day. Right. And I get your perspective and that way you're able to have a dialogue about it. But I, I think the, the, the point we were, we were hitting on about, um, you don't necessarily have to believe all the things you read, all the experiences you have, all that. I think that's an that's the important leadership part of this is it's not just getting the opinions in. Get them in and then filter them, decide, talk through it, and make a decision. It doesn't mean listen to every single thing you get and then do it. You know, and that that is that's that's an you can't lose that part of this lesson. Yeah, it's important to be able to filter and make your own decisions. I also think the more you allow yourself to experience other parts of the world, other cultures, other people's lives through biographies or even fiction. I love fiction because it brings you into other worlds. 
makes you more empathetic is that it leads you to respect people more, mm-hmm. right? So if it's my opinion and I'm, I'm opinion, I shut you down and that's it. I don't know if you have the same respect. Once, once I understand your point of view and I've lived that and walked with you a little bit and didn't jump to the conclusion, but asked you a little bit more of that perspective, what got you there, why you're there, all of a sudden you respect that. I, I know people that we would take in in our home, childhood home, we took in all kinds of uh, people and it was their stories that impact me, right? Where, where I would think one way and then they came in and said, here's why, here's what happened. And you think, wow, you went through that kind of abuse. When you see the tears, when you see the pain that somebody has gone through, you have an enormous respect. I mean, it just changes them. And all of us have this uh, struggle, right, that we've been through. All of us have these difficult times we've gone through. And seeking to understand someone's story, all of a sudden, changes my respect for them. I'm going to listen at a deeper level. And I think that's so hard in in leadership. We're rushing, right? We have to rush to the next decision. You have some executives who are always talking about speed and going faster. I don't know who. I don't either. How do we, we, right? Because you have to get things done. We, we, We owe this for the customer. But at the same time, how do you slow down and reflect and think, Am I understanding you? Am I meeting you where you are? And I think that leaders who value diverse opinions are doing just that, that they're slowing down enough in order to respect, listen, and uh, move forward in a positive way. And I think that's that's part of how you build a team that wins, that people want to be on, right? I mean, that to me, that's that's a big part of all of this servant leadership discussion of, of just, I want to be on a team that's winning. I want to be on a team that that you know, work is a huge part of our life and I don't want it to be miserable. I, I, I can't wait to come to work and work with you guys most days. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a big part of it for me. It's really good. Well, I want to end with a quote from Maya Angelou. She's, she's great. And I say that and I can, I can see her reading and I can't possibly do it with her emotion and, and power, but I will just read the words. She says, we should all know that diversity makes for a rich tapestry, and we must understand that all the threads of the tapestry are equal in value no matter what their color. I think of this in terms of valuing diverse opinions. It is, to me, the starting point, the first quality of a servant leader. It embeds respect, listening, kindness, and truly valuing a diverse opinion changes not only that person, but it changes you. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my amazing panel of experts. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.